Okay, so yeah, now we're now we're going into part two with uh, with Blainville to Thomas. Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, uh, we're going to start off with the back to back the uh, Armada had with Baycomo and Chikunami. Uh The highlights are available on theqmjhl.ca. Pardon me, but uh, the Blainville Bobby Armada beat the Baycomo Dracar five to four in OT with goals from Thomas Etier. Julien Letourneau, uh, he actually put up two. And Charles-Antoine Giguer, he put up one for Baycomo. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. For Blainville, Samuel Degrossier, Yaroslav Likachev, Luke Hemmins, Simon Pinard, all put up goals uh, with Demers scoring the game winner. It was, uh, it was a very weird game, if I'm being honest. Blainville, like, the shots... Like favored back and forth. Baycomo had the second. Blainville had the first and the third. It was an even game for the most part. Uh, in the end, shots were in favor of Blainville, 20, uh, 33 to 27. And uh, there's not really much to analyze here. It was just not too many penalties. I mean, Baycomo did take six in a row from the end of the first. To the third, there was actually a fight between Felix Mozarov and Frederick Abraham. But, uh, yeah. And it's entertaining to see fights in the queue, too. Like, if you see fights in hockey, you, you'll get those people who are just like, oh, yeah, well, I think it should be banned. It's part of what makes the sport fun. Yeah. Uh, it's not even – that's not my personal opinion. Like, fights are fun to watch, sure, but you go to hockey games to – see people score you don't go there to see somebody get their teeth knocked out and uh, you want to hear what else happened uh felix mazarov as i mentioned earlier he took off his own helmet right and then he tried to pull off an opponent's helmet and he got ejected during the i believe it was like during the brawl that's insane yeah okay so yeah he got a game of combat there Wow. And that concludes the coverage for Blainville and Bacomo. This one was the... Yeah, it was Shakutami and Blainville. This, my God, it was a fun game to watch. Yaroslav Likachev opened the scoring with, I'm sorry, Tyler, the goal of the year. He scored a lacrosse goal. I believe it was Benjamin Karbay. He was dangling around the net. Passes to Likachev. Likachev licks, sorry, lifts up the puck, does a wraparound, backhand, bang. Lacrosse goal, and they're up 1-0. And then a little, uh, like right at the start of the third, or actually no, I think it was the end of the third, in dying seconds, William DeFore scored his uh, second goal of the season, assisted by Samuel Wood and Rafael Harvey Bernard, former Huskies captain. And then in OT, Antoine Demers came in clutch with his second OT winner in two days. Uh, it was a very fun game. Only one penalty from Blainville coming from Likachev. And the rest, five penalties, all came from Chikudemi. It was not a very eventful game in terms of penalties, but the goals were really nice, if I'm being honest. They were really nice to watch. Um, next on the. 1st November, Blainville took on the Val d'Or Ferrari and 
we had a goal fest over here. We had five unanswered goals from Blainville and then two from Valdor. And then right at the end, we got one more from Blainville. So we'll just recap the goals. Uh, Blake Richardson scored like later in the first, assisted by Maxim Baikov and Simon Pinard. Antoine Demer scored his uh, third goal of the week, assisted by Pinard yet again. Benjamin Corbeil, who once led the team in points earlier in the season, scored with assists from Bozuc and Antoine Demers, who's on a bit of a point streak. Then uh, upcoming draft prospect, according to NHL Central Scouting, Simon Pinard scored, and the goal is assisted by... Go ahead. He scored his eighth of the season. And, uh, Which was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was a very, very nice goal. It was uh, assisted by Samuel de Garcia and Antoine de Mers. Man, it, w- it was a very, very... Uh, it's been a very good week for Antoine de Mers so far, the overager. But um, after that, uh, Zachary Waugh, who... Let's, like, I believe he's a rookie this year, or it's his first full season. I swear to God, if you would look at him, you... Th- he looks like an overager. He looks like he's in his mid-20s. Kid had a beard when he got drafted. It's funny. That's pretty, That's kind of awesome. Like, you, you got to have mad respect for the beard, eh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I got mine growing in, and when I say I have a beard, I mean it. it's the only stuff your grandma would notice because you're so adorable. Uh, for Valdor... Two goals came in from uh, Lessard Adyem and Mirza Balayev. And uh, the last goal of the game came from Benjamin Carbay with an assist from, you guessed it, Simon Pinard. There was a lot of penalties. And there was actually a bit of a pattern here. For every two penalties Valdor took, Blainville took one. So, yeah. So, right as the game began, pretty much. Jeremy Michel got a roughing penalty. About four minutes after that, Mirza Balayev got a high second penalty, which uh, I believe resulted in a power play goal from Blake Richardson. Yes, it did. Antoine Demers got a hooking minor, which obviously resulted in no goals because there weren't any goals until the third for Valdor. But towards the dying seconds of the first, Rudolph's pulse... Got a hooking penalty. Jeremy Michel got an interference penalty in the fourth minute of the second. Legachev got a roughing penalty in the seventh minute and 23 seconds in. Mathis Cloutier got a penalty in the opening moments of the third. David Noel, Blues prospect, got a cross-checking penalty 11 minutes and 19 seconds of the third. And then towards the end of the game, when everything was practically all said and done, Blainville had practically won already. Simon Lavigne got an interference penalty 16 minutes and 39 seconds into the game. And that concludes the Valdor game. Shots were in favor of Blainville, unsurprisingly. It was 6-2. to two. It was 51-43. Uh, uh, let me just say, Valdor has gotten a lot of... Uh, they got a lot of hate for how they were playing, but their goalie was phenomenal that game. Was phenomenal. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, if you're turning shots aside like that... He- Goalies, I have a mad, mad amount of respect for goalies, especially because, you know, they're out there blocking shots that nobody else will. Well, yeah, I mean, they have, like, 
like queen size pillows on their legs. Like what else are they meant to do? The players have like plastic shields on their legs. I mean, the pillows will probably stop a shot quicker than the pads. What I mean, like, and and what I mean by that is because I like I I know that my argument was a little bit crappy, but I mean, like, if you will voluntarily stand in the net in the net and have shots fired at you, you're a little bit mental. Respect, respect my guy. Respect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Jonathan, but yeah. he played really well. So did Emil Samson. Absolutely, I agree. Both goaltenders played very well. Very, very well. There's not a bad thing to say about him. Now, let's move into the game against uh, your favorite QMJHL team, Toronto Orlando Huskies. Oh, uh, yes. The defending Mem Cup champs who definitely will not repeat because, well, they're 10th in the league. No need to carry on. Okay, watch them repeat, and then someone's going to clip this audio, and they're going to be like, oh, Thomas was so right. Yeah. That's that's my luck. So, <laughs> if I'm making this clear, this was probably Blaineville's, like, at least the first period. It was the worst hockey I've seen this team play the entire season. I was watching this game from beginning to end on my laptop while I was uh, at a friend's house because everyone in Quebec lost power pretty much. And my friends had a generator. We don't. I'm, I'm on my phone, and I get notifications. Like, the game's on, right? I'm setting everything. The second I turn my computer on, oh, render and a Husky score. Great. Alex Bocage. Nice. I checked the shots. Eight to one. Ooh. And uh, about a minute later, not even, Vincent Milo puts up another. Shorthanded, may I remind you. And uh, the first period, right? The shots were 17 to 9 in favor of the Huskies. It, we deserved to be losing at that point. We sucked. And you could tell Blaineville definitely got an earful from the coach, from uh, Richardson. The way that they were because they played better. They got 13 shots, even though Randa Randa put up another 7. But they played better. And in the third, Blaineville actually played better than Randa Randa. They got a goal, and uh, they had more shots. But in the end, it wasn't enough to make a comeback because while Randa Randa, they killed them the first two periods. It was, uh, it was a very frustrating game to watch, personally, as an Armada fan. It was a very frustrating game to watch. No, I was saying, anytime you get outshot like that 8-1 to in the first period, you can't be feeling very good. No, I believe 9-1. Oh it was nine. man, even, even worse. And that's something that you just leave again. Why is it happening? You got to find the weakness. Like, why are you not breaking out of the offensive zone and getting those shots on net? Or is, is it the fact that they're just too strong? Or are you just not playing well enough offensively? I mean, this kind of worried me because, like, they played so well in the first half of the back to back because these were two games in two days. But I'm worried because they have a back to back to back. And and, if they got- uh, from the 8th to the 10th, they have a game against Shirt, uh, against the Ramparts on Friday, a game against the Sea Dogs on uh, Saturday. Good luck, Tyler. And uh, a game against Sherbrooke away, the best team in the league, on Sunday. So it's going to be a very rough weekend 
for uh, Blaineville fans. Absolutely. And I mean, we'll, we'll see in the coming games, whether they get those wins or not, but it's important here. I mean, like I know they're going to make the playoffs. Like one thing they lack is size. That's they're like the Montreal Canadiens. They lack size. They have skill. Likachev has the best set of hands in the CHL. Don't even try and say he doesn't. I mean, you saw the goal he scored. Yeah. He's easily got the best hands. Best hands in the in the CHL. I can safely say that. Like he dangles around people for fun. And he's he's a very good playmaker. His shot is meh, but he's got very good hands. He can make plays. And he even contributes defensively every now and then. But one of our best defensemen, Miguel Torini, I think he's extremely underrated because of his size. He's five foot seven. But he's a really smooth skater. He has had his moments in terms of making errors with the puck. Maybe even like with skating, he's fallen a couple times. But on his day, he's probably, in some aspects, better than Samuel Budzuk. I really believe that. And uh, I think you're right about that. I mean, Blainville's got some pretty good defensemen, absolutely. But damn. Like Bonzuk is like the only known one if we're talking like if we're if we're just talking about general Q defensemen, the only people like the only person like the average or like any hockey fan who truly follows prospects, the only one they'll really know is Bozuk because he's from last year. Absolutely. And I and I think you know going into going into the weekend is gonna be pretty interesting. Now, you know what? I want to get to some some general CHL standing. So let's go with the Q first, and then we'll jump into the OHL. And uh, so, are we meant to be looking at which league first? Uh, let's, you know what? Let's let's look at the let's look at the OHL first. All right, let's look at the OHL first. So, I want to take let's let's take a look at standings by conference because division standings at the end of the day don't matter. It's the top eight teams in the conference to get in. So, let's take a look first off. Oshawa, 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 Oshawa. 12, 3, 0, and 1. They're killing it. 25 points in 16 games. They're they're first in the East. Sudbury falling close behind them, 11, 7, and 0. 22 points. Ottawa behind them, 12, 4, and 0. 24 points for fourth place. Peterborough, 11, and 5. Barry, 10, and 5. And that's fifth place. Hamilton is 8, 9, and 1. And that's sixth place. Niagara is five, ten, and two. Wow. For seventh place, and Mississauga is eighth. Wait, why is Ottawa third and Sudbury second? Ottawa is up by two points. I don't know. I, I don't know how this wait a minute. Yeah, that doesn't make uh-huh. any sense. Hold on. So yeah, sorry. It is Ottawa in second and Sudbury in third. But yeah, and then Mississauga is just on the cusp of Yes and no for playoffs. What's that? Well, Over I mean, you have North Bay and Kingston in your conference, so you're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. At this point, yeah, but you, you want to, like, try and keep playing, right? So, I mean, hey, what are you going to do? And then in the West, let's go over to Windsor is first in the West, 10-3-1 for first place. Owen Sound, 9-4 with second. Flint is 10-5. and five. 
in third. Saginaw is 9-6-1-1 one, one in fourth. Erie is 8-6-1-2 one, in fifth. London, surprisingly enough, 8-4-1-1 one, one in sixth place. Guelph is 7-4-1-2 in, in uh, seventh place. And then Kitchener with Jacob Ingham as the starting goaltender. 6-4-2-2. Two, and two. And then Sarnia and Sault Ste. Marie in ninth and 10th, respectively. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the West is looking very, very good as opposed to the East this year. Like, if it was how the Q operates and it just simply do top 16 teams, regardless of the conference, make the playoffs. It's a, yeah, because because the Q doesn't really have conferences; they just kind of do that one sixteen format. Whereas the OHL does one eight, right? No, it's not even that. Like the Q, their conferences are not even. Like they divide yeah, the West and the Central Division into the Western, and then the East and Martins Division into a conference. So the conferences are uneven because West Division and Central adds up to eight, and the Martins with East adds up to. 10. <laughs> that's that's uh that's so that's so uneven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if the playoffs started today in the OHL, Oshawa would be playing Mississauga, Sudbury would play Niagara, uh Ottawa would, would play you, how, how would you feel if you were matched up against Oshawa right now in a four-game series? Pretty damn terrified. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest, pretty damn terrified. How would you think our uh, one of our other hosts, Cameron Reeser, would feel about it? He's a general fan. It's pretty confident. <laughs> pretty confident, not going to lie. Oh, man. But, yeah, so there's, there's that. And then, uh, finally, Peterborough would play Barry. Because the, the way that 1-8 works, for those of you who aren't sure, is 1 plays 8, 2 plays 7, 3 plays 6, and then 4 plays 5. That's how that works. And then in the West, Windsor would be going up against Kitchener. Let me just pull up the conference standings here again because <laughs> so yeah, Windsor would be playing Kitchener, Owen Sound would be playing Guelph, Flint would be playing London, and then Saginaw would be playing Erie. Jeez. That's a pretty crazy matchup, not gonna lie. But that's it for the OHL, so let's move into the WHL, and then we'll save the QMJHL for last. So, WHL. Uh, the WHL, I believe, does wildcard format. Yes, they do. So, yes, it's, it's very similar to the NHL. And see, that's what I like about the CHL. Each league has their own individual format, because the OHL does 1-8, the QMJHL does 1-16, and... The WHL does a wild card format. Honestly, the WHL's format is all over the place because Eastern <laughs> Conference wild card has six teams, while the West has four. So it's it's so confusing. I mean, obviously, if I lived in Western Canada, I would definitely follow the W. But like, I think that's just like one of the reasons why I personally don't take a following to the uh, WHL. Like, I, I pay close attention in the playoffs, but apart from that, like, I don't really look at much. Yes, now, let's go into and it's it's so weird how they do it, because it's it's the, uh, 
the way that the divisions work, it's yeah, it's the same as the NHL. So going by division, the U.S. division, Everett's in first, eleven and four. Portland is ten and four, and Tri City is eight and six. The BC division, Kelowna is nine four one and one. Kamloops is ten and six, and then Vancouver is nine eight and one. And then finally, and then the wild card, you have Spokane, who is seven six and two. Victoria, who is six seven and one. Seattle, who is five seven and two, and Prince George, who is four eleven and four and eleven four eleven and one. Well, my my You're God, in the fourth wild card spot. Wow, that's uh, I, uh, I I don't know what to say. Jeez. Uh, have you taken a look at the Eastern Conference just yet? Ah, that okay. So we're we're gonna get to the Central Division. So the Edmonton Oil Kings are twelve one and three. It's not bad. Lethbridge is Lethbridge. Lethbridge is second eleven four and zero. Uh, sorry, eleven four zero and three. And the Medicine Hat is third ten five one. So that goes over there. The East Division: the Prince Albert Raiders are in first eleven two and three. Saskatoon in second with nine seven one and one, and Winnipeg the Winnipeg Ice now not Kootenay, uh, eight six and one. Going on to the wild card, Calgary's in the first wild card spot with eight five and one, so seventeen points in fourteen games. That's not, not bad. Moose Jaw's in second seven seven and one. Brandon is seven ten and zero. Red Deer is five eight and zero or five eight zero oh, and two. The Swift Current Broncos, 3 9 1 and 2. <laughs> then 2 11 2 and 0. Oh. So basically, um, what for, for those of you who are confused with uh, all these stats, so it goes win, wins, losses, overtime losses, and then shootout losses because they counted differently in the CHL than, than any other league. So that's why we're saying all these stats. But yeah, so. One thing to mention. Yeah, go ahead. I'm looking at uh, like one of the most covered prospects who's going to come out of the WHL eventually, Matthew Savoie. He's played only five games in the WHL this year. Winnipeg's played eight, uh, 15, and he's played seven games with Rain Cocky Academy Prep. And That's interesting to see. Yeah, he's only got one assist in five games in the WHL, and right now he's playing for Canada U White 17. And he's got three assists in two games. Not bad. It's 1.5 points per game. But do you think he didn't really find his footing in the WHL? I want to. What I'm thinking is what happened. What I'm thinking is maybe they. I'm like I'm kind of curious as to like what's going on right now. What I think personally is yeah maybe he just didn't find his his game in the WHL yet. He might not be ready, which is okay. You know maybe he needs another another little bit to develop. But I find that. Pretty interesting that Kootenay cut him. There we go, calling him Kootenay again. That Winnipeg cut him. And especially somebody who's going to be a top prospect in Shane Wright's draft here in 2022. Oh, yeah. They recalled him, by the way. They recalled him just now. Did they now? Yep. Perfect. That's perfect. My God. Matthew Savoie has 161,418 views on Elite Prospects. Look how many Shane Wright has. Right? 
Oh my good God. 165,402. Jeez, that's insane. For reference, right? Gordy Howe, right? 102,000. He's got almost as many views as Gordy Howe? Oh, no, no, no. Gordy Howe barely cracked 100,000. Why? It's just that elite prospects gravitates towards more like up and coming players because I mean the site is literally prospects. So I understand why Shane Wright has more views than Gordy Howe, but like I thought that was just interesting. Like older players, they never really get looked at. Like, that's more like a hockey DB or like a Wikipedia type thing. Like no one really goes on elite prospects to look at older players. Absolutely. Are we doing by but, conference division? You know what? We're gonna yeah, just do it by. Because they, they, they go 160. Right? Overall. Yeah, just yeah, overall. All right. So with no surprise here, in first place, Sherbrooke Phoenix, 15, 1, and 2, with 32 points. We call it okay. So so the, the whole thing is with, with Thomas and I, so we I hate to say this. We made a we made an episode earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Where we basically put our predictions in about who was going to win the queue and who was going to win each league. So we ended up saying Mississauga, Calgary, and Sherbrooke. I said Prince Albert. I said Prince Albert. Oh yeah, it was it was Prince Albert. It wasn't Calgary. So it was it was Mississauga, Calgary, and uh, Sherbrooke. So so far we're one for three, and I didn't even know that was going to happen. But yeah, they're thirty-two points in eighteen games. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Moncton, Moncton second. Sorry, Tyler. Um, <laughs> 14, three, and oh, and oh, that's it. Like, they're, they're doing pretty good. As sad as it is. To and Shikudami is in third with uh, 12, three, two, and oh, which is pretty interesting. I never thought that they would actually be that good. But well, I mean, they have like what three up and coming draft prospects this year in the NHL, at least two. And two first-rounders, keep that in mind. Uh, Lapierre and Rochette. Yes, that's right. Because they do. Yes, there's two. Hendricks, Lapierre, and Theo Rochette. I would say his best skills are his shooting and his skating. When I went to go see him uh, in Blainville's home opener, he was – oh, my God. He's a player. And – Crazy. Moving on to that, Kate Brenton is in fourth, 12, Ramus- 5, and 1. Ramuski is in fifth, surprisingly, That's not 11, surprising 4, 1, and 2. They should be doing a little bit better, if not that. Uh, the short okay. Absolutely. And I mean, absolutely. And I mean, you think a team with Alexi Lafreniere and so many other great talents around him would be doing better but i mean hey they well i mean turn around their entire first line the are the top so point know. getters in the chl and it's not even close there you go exactly <laughs> like and lafreniere's got what 40 let me check right now in, actually uh, 15 games i think uh 43 points in 18 Lafreniere. games let's see oh my god yeah 43 points 18 games 
That's ridiculous. Like, it, all right, that uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Charlottetown Islanders are six with eleven, four and three. Not bad. Could be better, but again, definitely not bad. Drummondville is twelve, seven and zero. Oh. Quebec is an eighth with eleven, seven and zero. Oh. And uh, Valdor is in ninth with nine, seven, two, and O. Oh. Randa Randa is in tenth, yay, with <laughs> nine, eight, one, and one for twenty points. My team, the Blavo Bobby and Armada, are eight, seven, one, and one. So if we just beat those damn dogs, we would have won. No, it's not how it works. Apparently. <laughs> The yeah. Q gods are against our team. My team. You're a Sea Dogs fan, my <laughs> guy. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, <laughs> the Sea Dogs aren't the. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to them. Trust me. The Halifax move. <sighs> Blow out the, the fire. Dumpster fire. <laughs> They're 8 9 and 1. 8 9 oh, and 1, 12th place in the league. Wait until you hear who's in last place. Just wait, right? Uh, the Bay Como Drakkar are seven, eight, and three. Which, to be honest, I I did not see them doing this mm. badly. I thought they were actually going to be like third or fourth when I like when we first made our predictions, like before the season even started. I thought they were going to be like one of the better teams in the league, but like it just lacked chemistry. That's the that's really their only problem. Absolutely, and I mean, yeah, and they're not a bad team at all. They're getting younger as they go and too. So I can see them being the top ten team. Ligari, Bouchard, and Fontier. Oh my god! Oof. Watch out! And unfortunately, Shawinigan. <laughs> not much to not much to expect there. Shawinigan is eight <coughs> nine and zero, yeah. fourteenth uh, in the league. I remember. Oh, I remember, like, to begin oh, the season, or, like, a, I want to say it was, like, roughly a week ago, they were eighth. And, uh, well, my predictions for the end of the season may tell a very different story. The St. John Sea Dogs, Mr. Tyler Reigns' favorite Q team, are 6-11-1. Oh, boy. Uh, the Gatineau Olympics. Our 16th was 4-11-3. My God. If you think this is bad, right? Victoriaville is 4-12-0 and 3. And then finally, the Acne Bathurst Titan. Ready? Listen to this, guys. And by no means are we trying to make fun of Acne Bathurst or their fans. But 17 games played. Zero wins, 12 regulation losses, two overtime losses, and three shootout losses for five points. And three shootout losses. That's just horrible. They haven't won one game since the season started. Not one. I'm telling you, that Memorial Cup run exhausted. No, they just lost every single player they had. Unfortunately, they did. Oh, that's ridiculous. But it, but like, yeah, that's that's how crazy the queue is right now. So it's only going to get crazier as the season goes on. So thank you for joining us for part two. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We are officially on Spotify podcast, Podbean as well, and we're going to be on YouTube as always. 
So next week, we're going to be coming back with another recap of the QMJHL, the OHL, and maybe we'll do some WHL as well. As always, this has been your host, Tyler Raines, uh, along with Thomas Zubris. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.